How many of you are ready for a revival? <laughs> I just want you right now to raise your hands and let's begin to pray. Heavenly Father, sir, come on, let's just begin to pray. Reach out to God. Father, we want a divine visitation from you over these next few days. Father, we need for you to intervene on behalf of these brothers and sisters of mine. Some of them have things that need to change and they need to change quickly. Some of them have looked at their situation for a long time and have wondered if it will ever change. But Father, I thank you that it's changing and it's going to be changing quickly. And Father, we thank you for the souls that are going to be saved. We thank you, dear God, for the marriages that are going to be uh, uh, stronger as a result of your word. We thank you, dear God, for the church that's going to be blessed and edified as a result of your word this week. So, Father, we just pray and ask that you just open our hearts that we may receive wondrous things in your word. Give unto us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you so that we may know. And, Father, we thank you for it in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, Amen. And uh, of course, I love your pastor. Uh, there's absolutely nothing I wouldn't do for him. And there's absolutely nothing that he wouldn't do for me. So that's why we've been doing absolutely nothing for each other since Christmas. But uh, <laughs> look with me in Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. Let's begin with uh, verse 1. Acts chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. When you get there, say amen. It says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Once again, and Peter fastening his eyes upon him with John said, look on us, and he gave heed unto them expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give unto thee in the name of of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and he lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder 
and amazement at that which had happened unto him. I'm going to be preaching here for just a few moments on the thought, the X factor. The X factor. Raising your level of expectation. Now the Bible says here that the lame man looked upon Peter expecting to receive something of them. He looked on them expecting to receive something of them. Now we know what he was expecting was alms because of Peter's response to him. Because Peter said, silver and gold have I none. So the man was expecting something, but what he was expecting was far less than what God had intended for him. He was expecting alms when God had a miracle in mind. You see, many times people quit expecting bigger and better things from God because they confuse delay with denied. And we see this man here, and the Bible says that he was lame from birth, he was carried daily to the gate of the temple which was called beautiful to beg alms of those who were passers-by. And so Jesus had undoubtedly walked past this gentleman on many occasions going into and out of the temple. And Jesus had walked past him many times but still no change. Jesus had walked by him many times, but still no miracle, still no breakthrough, still no healing. But today was different because this day the man received his miracle. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying delay doesn't mean denied. And some of you have come up in here this morning and you know all about lame because you got a lame husband. Some of you know all about lame because you got lame kids. Some of you know all about lame because you got a lame boss. Some of you know all about lame because you got a lame checking account. And some of you have been praying for years and years Praying for a breakthrough. Praying for a wife. Praying for a financial miracle. Praying for a healing. Praying for your kids to get off drugs. And praying for your kids to get off heroin and alcohol. And many of you who have come up in here this morning have lost a sense of expectancy because you've confused delay with the night, and you've wondered when, God, when? How long, oh God? When's it gonna change? When is it gonna be my turn to get a breakthrough? But I've come up in this house this morning to let you know that delay doesn't mean deny. Just like the lame man in Acts chapter 3, your victory is about to go public. Your breakthrough 
is about to go public. Your healing is about to go public because God is about ready to give you a reason to leap. He's about to give you a reason to shout. He's about to give you a reason to run. He's about to turn some heads with the blessing that he's going to pour out upon your life. I'm telling you, he's about to give you beauty for ashes. He's about to give you the oil of joy for mourning. He's about to give you a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I'm telling you, it's time that you get the X factor. It's time that you raise your level of expectation again and start believing God for bigger and better things. Can somebody give God a praise offer? You see Ephesians 3.20 says this. It says, now unto him that is able. How many of you know you're serving a God who's able? Able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think. Able to save you from the guttermost to the uttermost. Able to give you a, a, a better job. Able to give you a promotion. Able to heal you from cancer. Able to heal you from arthritis. Able to heal you from diabetes. You're serving a God who's able to get those kids off of heroin. You're serving a God who's able to get them off of crack cocaine. You're serving a God who is able to restore your marriage. And it says here, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. I like to sometimes just stop and marinate in some stuff. We got some cooks up in here. There's some guys who like to know what it is to barbecue up in here. They know what it means to marinate something. They know what it means to put a rub on something. I would rather have a steak that's been marinated than somebody just take it up out of, a, out of a sack somewhere and throw it in a skillet and cook it. I want it to be marinated. I want it to have some seasoning on it. And so sometimes we read the Bible way too quick and we read it way too fast when what we need to do is just stop and begin to taste and see that the Lord is good. We need to taste that marinade. We need to taste that spiritual rub that God has put on his scripture. And the Bible says, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think according to the power that worketh within you. So what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying man's attitude should always be altered by God's aptitude. Let me say it again, man's attitude should always be altered by God's aptitude. Is anything too difficult for your God? Is anything too hard for your God? If he can sling the stars into existence with his fingertips, then he can heal you from cancer. If he can set a boundary on the waters and the seas to go only so far and no further, then he can pay your light bill. If he can part the Red Seas, then how many of you know he can restore your marriage? If he can weigh the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance, then he can get your children off of drugs and get them off of alcohol. You see, man's attitude should always be altered 
by God's aptitude. Why do we believe God for big things? Because we're serving a big God. Why do we believe God for good things? Because we're serving a good God. And it's time that we raise our level of expectation. Because we need to understand that God wants to do more for you, in you, and through you than you could even ask or think. You see, Jesus will always meet you at your level of expectation. He said this in Matthew. He said, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Ask, seek, knock. A-S-K. Ask. Many times we have not simply because we ask not. Many times we have not simply because we ask not. But we need to understand that we're serving a good God. I've got a father-in-law who loves my wife. I'm surprised the man even let me marry her. When I walk in a room today, he looks at me like, mm -hmm. I don't know why. And he'll to this day say, I was on drugs the day I said yes. But I've got a father-in-law that'll look at her and baby, anything you need that daddy has access to, I'll give it to you. He's a good man and a good father. But let me tell you something, he ain't even minutely close to how good the Father God is. He's not even minutely close to how generous Father God is. And if we, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto our children, how much more? How much more? How much more shall your heavenly Father give to those who simply ask Him? Jesus said, ask and ask largely that your joy may be full. Listen, God doesn't want you walking around with a face that looks like you've kissed your mother-in-law. Come on. Or look like you've been, you've been marinated in, in lime juice and marinated in, 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 uh, in crab apple thyme. He, he, he doesn't want you to go around with a face like that and walking up to somebody and say, you know, if you would just give your life to Jesus, you can have what I have. Nobody wants that. They want some joy. They want some life. They want some energy. They want some expectancy. They want some hope. And so we've got to understand that you're serving a God who loves you, who's a good God, and not only does he have a desire to bless you, but he has the resources and the ability to do it. It's time to raise your level of expectation and expect good things and better things from God than you've ever had before. Can somebody give him a praise offering in this house? You take a stroll through Scripture and you'll find all kinds of people in Scripture who had what we call the X factor. But this morning, I want us to turn to Mark chapter 5. And I want us to focus on one particular person who had the X factor. The woman with the issue of blood. Look with me in Mark chapter 5. Starting with verse 25. Mark chapter 5, starting with verse 25. The Bible says, And a certain 
woman which had an issue of blood 12 years. Now notice all of these little parts and these little pieces. A certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all. You see right there she had a whole lot in common with most of the women I know. She spent. I better, I, I must hurry on. I tell people the problem in America is not Osama bin Laden, it's Omama bin Shopping. But anyway, and it says here, and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched me? Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her daughter, Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of that plague. Now let's break it down. Let's break down the pieces here. I want you to notice here that she had an issue for 12 years. Somebody say 12 years. That is 4,383 days. That's 144 months. That's 624 weeks. That's 105,192 hours. Now how many of you know that's a long time to be having an issue? So some people have gone to a medical doctor and after a long sickness and the doctor looked at him and he's told him, he said, I could have helped you had you only come to me sooner. I could have changed your situation had you only come to me sooner. But aren't you glad that Jesus can still help you even when you come to him late. I said Jesus can still help you even when you come to him late. But brother Jimmy, Jesus could have helped me, but it's too late now. It's stage four. But I've come to let you know it doesn't matter if it's stage one, two, three, four, six, eight, ten, or twelve. It is never too late for Jesus. And she had an issue for 4,383 days. She had an issue for 144 months. She had an issue. 
for 624 weeks. She had an issue for 105,192 hours, but she still wasn't too late for Jesus. You see, people will look at you and they'll say it's too late now. It's too far gone now. You've waited too long now. Your marriage can never be repaired now. Your health can never be repaired now. Your finances can never be repaired now. Your children can never be repaired now. But what they fail to realize is that it is never too late for Jesus. Lazarus had been dead for four days and they said it's too late now Jesus by now he stinks but aren't you glad that Jesus ain't afraid to get up in the middle of the stinky stuff he doesn't my God help me this morning she said it's too late by now he stinks but had you been here my brother wouldn't have died but it's too late now Jesus you procrastinated too late now Jesus you waited for too long now Jesus but what they fail to understand is delay does not mean denied Mary, Martha and Lazarus all discovered that no matter how dead you are no matter how dead things look no matter how dead things appear, Jesus is still the resurrection and the life. And because he's the resurrection and the life, he's the only man who could be four days late and still right on time. Can somebody say amen? Twelve years, 4,383 days. 144 months, 624 weeks, 105,192 hours, but it's still not too late for Jesus. It's still not too late for Jesus. Y'all been praying, God, save my kids, save my kids. God, get them off of heroin. God, get them off of alcohol. God, get them off this drugs. And if we're not careful, we'll get to the place because of a long delay that we lose our sense of expectancy, where we don't expect God for big things anymore. We don't expect God because it just doesn't happen quick. It just doesn't happen like this. But you've got to understand all through Scripture, God is not intimidated by time. He's not intimidated by, by all of that. He's not wringing his hands up in heaven and saying, I could have helped you in the first week, but I can't help you now. He's not in heaven wringing his hands saying, Jimmy, don't tell them that I can do big and better things. Don't tell them to raise their expectation level, Jimmy. Don't tell them I'm a big God, Jimmy. Don't tell them I'm a good God, Jimmy. Don't tell them I can still work miracles, Jimmy. Because, but but you got to hear me today. God is not on the throne wringing his hands but you know what he's doing he's standing up and he's saying that's right you go ahead and tell them it don't matter how long it's been I'm still God I still sit on the throne and I can still work miracles and change situations in people's lives the Bible said that this woman had an issue of blood Leviticus 1711 says that the life of the flesh is in the blood. So for 12 years, 
she was losing life. Twelve years she was losing her blood. So she had an issue that was literally draining the life out of her. You see, some of you may have had an issue and you may have an issue that's literally draining the life out of you. It's diminishing your vitality. It's taking away your sparkle. It's taking away your energy. It's taking away your enthusiasm. It's taken away your joy for living. You're, you, you've hung your harp on a willow. You've lost your song because you've been going through this thing for so long. When, God, when? When's it ever going to change? When am I ever going to get my breakthrough? When am I, am I going to get my turn? I see everybody else blessed and I see everybody else's kids coming to the altar and I see everybody else getting healed of cancer and I see everybody else's marriage being restored but when is my marriage going to be restored? Restored? When are my kids going to get saved? When am I going to get a financial breakthrough? When are things going to change in my life? And you've gone through it over and over and over and all this time you're just, it's zapping your life. It's zapping your energy. It's taking away your sparkle. It's diminishing your joy for living. And this woman had an issue that was literally draining the life out of her. But here's the thing. She still had enough life to get to Jesus. <laughs> For 12 years, she was losing her life, but she still had enough life to get to Jesus. And I said that to say this this morning. You may have come in here feeling that you've got an issue that's literally draining the life out of you. But I've good got I've got good gospel news for you, honey. You ain't dead yet. And the little that you have left is enough to get you to who you need, and his name is Jesus. And the Bible says that she had suffered Many things of many physicians and was no better, but rather grew worse. Suffered at the hands of many physicians. Spent all that she had, but she didn't get better. She only got worse. But where man, Christ Jesus, succeeded because man's extremity is simply God's opportunity. You may have tried Oprah and Dr. Phil, but you're still a wreck. You may have tried Dr. Oz and Marcus Welby, MD, but you're still sick. You may have tried Susie Orman and Neil Cavuto, but you're still broke. You may have tried Perry Mason and Matt Lockham, but you're still bound and still in chains. My question is, when are you going to try Jesus? You see, you've tried Dr. Phil, but isn't it time to try the wonderful counselor? You have tried Dr. Oz, but isn't it time to try the great physician? You have tried Susie Orman, but isn't it time to try Jehovah Jireh? You have tried Matlock. But isn't it time to try your divine heavenly paracletos, your heavenly attorney? You've already tried everybody else. Don't you think it's time to try Jesus? What a friend we have 
in Jesus. Oh, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry every need to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry every need to God in prayer. Folks, what is, poss is not possible with men is blessedly possible with the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't it time to try Jesus? The Bible said that she had heard about Jesus. You see, what you hear is important. You've got to be careful who you listen to. You need to be careful of the church you attend. You need to be careful what pastor you sit under because what you hear is important. You see, many churches aren't preaching Jesus. They're preaching excuses for not having the anointing. But when you have an issue, you don't need Dr. Flippy Flop telling you about the doctrine of cessation. When you have an issue, you don't need to hear somebody telling you that God doesn't work miracles anymore. When you've got an issue, you don't need to hear somebody tell you that signs and wonders died out with the apostles. But when you have an issue, you need to hear somebody say that same Jesus who turned the water into wine that same Jesus who made the lame to walk. That same Jesus who made the blinded eyes to see. That same Jesus who walked on the water. That same Jesus who took the stripes for your healing. That same Jesus who died on the cross, who rose on the third day, who ascended into heaven, who sits at the right hand of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that means he still saves. He still delivers. He still sets free. He's still a never-present help in the time of trouble. And he still makes a way where there seems to be no way. It's time to raise your level of expectation once again. You see, what you hear is important. Had she hung out with the Pharisees, she would have heard this. She would have heard, oh yeah, we know him. He simply carpenter's son. Had she hung out with the Pharisee, she would have heard, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Had she hung out with the Pharisee, she would have heard, yeah, he's a Samaritan. He's got a devil. Had she hung out with the Pharisee, she would have heard, yeah, he deceives people and cast out devils by Beelzebub, the prince of devils. See, she wouldn't have been looking for Jesus had she been hanging out with the wrong folks and listening to the wrong message. You see, you've got to watch out who you hang out with. You've got to be careful who's speaking into your life because a lot of people are like buttons popping off at the wrong time. Come on. 
A lot of them are like buttons popping off at the wrong time. I've got proof that the dictionary is wrong because it says that the dumb can't talk. I've got proof the dictionary is wrong because I know a whole lot of dumb people who do talk. See, you've got to watch who you're hanging out with. Have you ever been around somebody who talks so much that you get hoarse just listening to them? Yeah, 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 mouthing and mouthing and mouthing. They're so windy they could give mouth-to-mouth resuscitation by telephone. They don't have to worry about air pollution because they don't stop talking long enough to take a deep breath. But I'm telling you, you've got to be careful who you're talking to. You've got to be careful who you're listening to. You've got to be careful who's speaking into your life because who you listen to is important. What you hear is important. And I'm saying it's important where you attend church. It's important what preacher you sit in under. It's important who you allow to speak into your life if you're going to have the X factor and if you're going to believe God a big thing. The Bible says this. It says that she said within herself, if I may but just touch his clothes, shall be whole. I want you to marinate on that. She said within herself, if I may but just touch the hem of his clothes, I will be made whole. So she talked, faith talked, and she saw a faith in him. How many of you know there's too many people that's being hung by the tongue? Come on somebody. Say, well, where do you see that in Bible? Proverbs 6.2 Thou art snared with the words of your mouth. Thou art taken with the words of your mouth. You look in the book of Numbers. They lost the promised land all because of what somebody else was saying and what they were hearing. They, had, uh, they were talking the wrong thing. They wasn't speaking faith talk and they didn't have a faith image. What were they saying? We're grasshoppers in their sight. They say, we're not able to do it. So here they wasn't talking faith talk. And they wasn't seeing a faith image. But but, but Joshua and Caleb were. And what were they saying? We are more than able to protect the land. Give me my mountain. I know how old I am. But if God be for me, it doesn't matter who is against me. But the Bible says that the majority listen to the evil report of the other spies who came back speaking into their life. I'm telling you today, you can be hung by your tongue and they missed the promised land all because they didn't get their mouth under control. And my deal is this, how many promises are we missing? How many promises are we losing because we're not getting our mouth under control. We're talking defeat, and we're talking down, and we're talking uh, uh, depression and all of that stuff. Let me tell you something. If God is for you, it doesn't matter who is against you. It doesn't matter if, the, if, if, your, if your boss doesn't like you. All that matters is if God likes you. It doesn't matter. You say, well, I can't prosper because I have this type of job. 
God is Jehovah Jireh and will provide for you if you're flipping burgers at McDonald's and frying french fries and the french fry manager God can prosper you and bless you and bring you up out of poverty but you got to change that talk always negativity always down always defeat and then you'll wonder why you're not possessing a promised land because you're not believing God you believe in the doctor's report before you believe in God. You believe in those people who don't even like you. You ain't never going to make it. Why are they telling you that? They don't like you. They don't want to see you make it. Your marriage is going under. Sitting there. <laughs> Your marriage going under, but my marriage is blessed. Why? They don't even like you. But what are we chewing on? What are we marinating on? What are we meditating on? That one don't like me. This one don't like me. But they said this. and They said that. But notice what she said. She, she had heard of Jesus. And she started talking faith talk and got a faith image to the point she said within herself, if I may but just touch his clothes, I shall be whole. If anyone had a reason to be depressed, it was this woman. If anyone had a reason to be down in the mouth, it was this woman. If anyone had a reason to be negative, it was this woman. If anyone had a reason to talk defeat, it was this woman. She had been sick for 12 years, losing her life. She had suffered many things from many physicians and didn't grow better but got worse. She had spent all that she had on many physicians but still couldn't find a cure. Under the Jewish law, she was considered unclean. So when she come into public, she had to yell out, unclean, unclean. So that way nobody would ever even associate with her. She was a social outcast in society. If anybody had a reason to be down in the mouth, it was her. If anyone had a reason to be negative, it was her. If anyone had a reason to be depressed, it was her. If anyone had a reason to talk defeat and destruction and negativity, it was this woman. But... She said within herself, if I may but just touch the hem of his garment, I'd know that I'll be made whole. She started talking faith talk and saw a faith image. What are you saying about God? What are you saying about his word? What are you saying about the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ? What is your statement of faith? Let me tell you what mine is. Whenever I face a struggle, whenever I face a mountain, whenever I face a difficulty, I look at it eyeball to eyeball and I say I am a child of God. I am saved by grace through faith. I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. I am a partaker of the divine nature. I am an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I am more than a conqueror. I am delivered from the powers of darkness. I'm redeemed from the hand of the enemy. I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I'm an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and by the word of my testimony. I'm an heir to the blessing of Abraham. 
I'm blessed going in and I'm blessed going out. I'm above only and not beneath. I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing. I'm telling you, it's time to get defeat up out of your mouth. It's time to get negativity out of your mouth. It's time to get failure out of your mouth because you're being hung by the tongue. And it's time you get a faith. Start talking faith talk and seeing a faith image. So that way you can, your expectancy will arise and you'll grasp the hold of the things of Almighty God. I'm preaching a whole lot better than your amen, and I promise you that. I promise you. Because that's when it's going to start changing. Did you know your words at the course of your life? That's what James said. He said, your tongue is like a bit in a horse's mouth. What does a bit in a horse's mouth do? Directs it. It's like a helm or a rudder on a ship. What does that do? Provides direction. Your tongue sets the course for your life. What are you saying about God? What are you saying about the, the promises of God? What are you saying about the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ? We start talking faith talk and get a faith image. We might start seeing what she saw and we might get what she got. Time to get the exile. It says this as soon as the woman touched Jesus' garment, it says that he felt virtue had gone out of him, anointing, power had gone out of him, and he immediately said, Who touched me? Now, what does it say? There was people thronging Jesus. So there was many people around him touching him. But there was something about this woman that as soon as she touched Jesus, he turned around and said, who touched me? Who touched me? Because immediately he felt power leave him. Immediately he felt virtue leave him. And so even though everybody was strong in him, everybody, everybody wanted a piece of Jesus, all these people touching him, but there was something about this woman's touch that he turned around and said, that's different than all of the other touches that I've been getting. And Jesus turned around and he said, who touched me? And his disciples said, what do you mean who touched you? Don't you see this throng of people around you? Everybody's grabbing at you, Jesus. Everybody's touching you, Jesus. But what they failed to understand is that there's a difference between a touch of faith and a bump of indifference. I wish I had somebody to help me preach right now. There's a difference between a touch of faith and a bump of indifference. You see, some people just bump around in the crowd. They can sit right beside a miracle and miss it while they're passing notes and chewing gum and popping bubbles. Come on, somebody. But people who reach out in faith know where the power is and how to access it. 
You see, this woman said, if I could but just touch the hem of his garment, I know that I'll be made whole. So she pressed through the crowd, the place that was denied her, the social outcast. She pressed through the crowd and reached out and touched him. And the touch of faith extracted power from the body of Jesus. The touch of faith extracted the anointing. It extracted the healing. And she was healed immediately of her her disease and hers was not faith without a touch or a touch without faith but the word touch means to cling to or to adhere to in other words she held on to him until she got what she came after she touched him she clung to him she adhered to him and she had the attitude I ain't going to let you go till you bless me I ain't going to let you go till I get it Jesus if I've got to piggyback up on your back I ain't leaving here until I get my healing I'm not leaving until I get my breakthrough. I'm not healing until I get my touch and my change in my body. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying that miracles are delivered on the platform of expectation. Oral Roberts said the atmosphere of expectancy is the breeding ground for miracles. I'm telling you, expectation is still a weapon of victory. It's still the fertilizer of breakthrough. It's still the primer of miracles. It's still the mother of manifestation. It's still one of the secrets of good success. And it's time we get the X factor back and start believing God for bigger and better things. Can somebody say amen? You see, I refuse to be broke when I'm an heir and a joint heir with Jesus and he owns the cattle on a thousand hills and all them taters under. I refuse to be sick when Jesus bore the stripes on his back for my healing. I refuse to be depressed when he's given me joy unspeakable and full of glory. I refuse to be weak when the joy of the Lord is my strength. I refuse to be defeated when his word says I'm more than a conqueror. I refuse to be mediocre when greater is he that's in me than he that's within the world. I refuse to be bound when whom the Son hath set free is free indeed. I'm telling you it's time to raise your level of expectation and believe God for bigger and better things once again in your life. God is infinitely good. He's talking about the ascension. Now that Jesus ascended up into heaven and the angel said this, you need to raise your level of expectation because the same that you see go is the same one who's coming back. And so we need to raise our level of expectation because he's coming back. If you're here this morning, and you're not saved, whether you believe it or whether you don't, it's not going to change the fact that Jesus is coming. He's going to come back whether you believe it or whether you don't. And every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. If you're here and sick in body, you need to raise your level of expectation that by His stripes of healing. If you're here and your children 
are, are, are off and doing things they shouldn't be doing, you need to raise your level of expectation that God still answers prayer. You see, I'm not up here telling you something that I don't know about. Fifteen years old, my kidneys were enlarged and deformed at birth. The doctor come in, I started having symptoms that would be gross for me to tell you my symptoms here this morning. But I, I had horrible symptoms. And so my mother took me to the doctor and he x-rayed me and he said, Jimmy's kidneys were deformed from birth. And so uh, his u, u, ureter is, is, is protruding up into one kidney and not draining that kidney properly. And it's literally rotting out the bottom of his kidney. And so... Uh, she, he said this, he said, we're going to have to perform major surgery on one kidney one summer and see how that goes. If that goes okay, we'll perform major surgery on the next kidney the next summer. But it's a good possibility that Jimmy will be on a dialysis machine by the time he's 30 years old. I'm 46 and there ain't no nothing tied up to my back. I'm 46 years old. I'm so strong I could pick this church up. But let me tell you what happened. I got into one of those old-fashioned Holy Ghost services. See, that's why a lot of churches want to get away from all of that. We don't want tongues and interpretation. We don't want this and we don't want that. Let, let me tell you, I'm the last guy going to tell you that because my life was changed in one of them Holy Ghost services. And so that I was playing the bass on stage. This elderly lady come down there on a walk. She looked at me with that long crooked finger. Did all this. I went, uh, I ain't about to get down there in that altar. So I just turned my head and ignored the woman. So there's a long altar call. I mean, things were happening. After service, she was over here. I went stage right. And guess what? She was doing this. I said, Lord, I can't run from an elderly woman. I can't run from a woman on, on one of them walkers. So I said, I'm just going to stop and take it like a man. She come up to me and she said, Jimmy, I believe had you come forward this morning that God would give you up. I stopped and I said, Lord, I'm sorry. If you give me another chance, I'll come forward. Very next week, same type of service. Never will. So here she comes. That walk is coming down there with that. I put the base down. I went down there, they prayed for me, there was a tongue, an interpretation that came and said, I have given From that moment, there has never been another issue, another symptom in my body. See, I'm not, I'm not whipping something up. This ain't, I, I, I'm telling you the truth. And so, but we, I, I was scheduled for surgery the eight days later on Monday. And so all that week, I was trying to call my doctor to tell him I didn't need a surgery. But I couldn't reach him, and he wouldn't return my call. So I just decided, well, we'll just check into the hospital. So my mother and I, we went up there, and I checked into the hospital on eight at 8 p.m. on Sunday evening. The doctor came. He said, well, Jimmy, are you ready for surgery tomorrow morning at 7 a.m.? I said, no, sir. I'm not. He said, why? I said, because God told me I don't need surgery. He looked at me like I had lost my mind. The doctor still practicing down there in Texas. He looked at me like I'd lost my mind. He said, what do you mean God told you? I said, God told me I don't need a surgery. I said, I would like some more x-rays. He said, son, I don't need any more x-rays. I've already got the x-rays I need. 
I said, sir, I said, you had the x-ray before God did. I want some new x-rays now. He got mad. He walked out in the hall. He said, Mr. Patello, he said, Jimmy thinks God killed him. She looked at him. She said, God has been. Okay. Right. He walked in the room. He said, this is what we're going to do. Wednesday, you're going to come in my office. I'm going to take some x-rays. and We're going to see if God is still doing something. I said, that's fine. So we left. Wednesday, took some x-rays. Two weeks later, I got a phone call from the doctors, uh, from, from my doctor. And he said this. He said, Jimmy, the doctors at the children's hospital in Little Rock want you to come up there to see what has happened. I went up there and was on an x-ray machine for an hour and the head radiologist at the Children's Hospital in Little Rock called all of my immediate family into her office and she said this. She said, Jimmy, your kidneys are perfect. There's a your kidneys are perfect. There's nothing wrong with I went home two weeks later. I finally hear from my doctor. He said, hey, Jimmy, how are you doing? I said, I'm doing well, Doc. How are you? He said, great. He said, I just want to let you know that the doctors in Little Rock believe as I do that you don't need an operation. The Holy Spirit quickened. Holy Spirit quickened, not as a smart aleck. He quickened, and he wanted me to pin the man down to admit God healed him. So I said, sir, that means God has healed you. Sir. And there was a pause, and he said, that's exactly what it means. That's exactly what it means. What are you saying? I'm saying God is Is there anything within your power if you're a good man? Now, if you're a deadbeat dad, that's one thing. But if you're a good dad, there's nothing that you have that you wouldn't try to bless your kids. Show me a good dad, and I'll show you a dad that wants to see their kids prosper in the ministry. God is a good father, infinitely greater than you are a father. And he wants to bless his kids. Guess what? He has the access he needs. We just need to begin to believe. And we need to understand that delay does not delay does not raise your level of expectation. Get the X factor and start believing God for Amen. Give the Lord a praise off this Everyone, please stand. Everyone, please stand. Every head bowed, please. I want to ask you, is there anyone in here that will raise your hand and say, Brother Jimmy, I have faced the same situation for so long. I'm just going to be honest. But I've lost my sense of expectancy. I've really just settled in that this is just how it's going to be and I've Frankly, I've just given up hope that really it's ever going to change. Is that you? I want you to raise your hand. God bless you. God bless you. Hands are going up everywhere. 
God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? Whether it be with your children. Brother Jimmy, they've done this and done that. They've been in and out of jail. They've been on every kind of drug you can imagine. I, I, I just, I've reached a point now where I've just pretty much just given up hope. To be that way with your physical body. I've been in all kinds of church services. Still no change. All kinds of services, still no breakthrough. I'm still the same. Just like that man that was laid daily at the temple that Jesus went in and out of daily, constantly, passing him by, and still no change, still no breakthrough. But delay doesn't mean nothing. Delay doesn't mean nothing. Is there anyone that'll raise your hand? I've been dealing with a sickness that I need to see a change. I've been dealing with my children that I need to see a change and a breakthrough. Come on, we're going to have to start raising our level of expectation. Start believing God again. Raise your level of expectation and start believing God again. God sent me with this message to tell you, uh-uh, you don't need to write Him off. You don't need to write Him off. He's still God. He still sits upon the throne. He's still a healer. He's still a provider. He's still your Father and He loves you. Don't write him off because today is your day for a change. Come on, let today be your day. Let today be your day. Let today be your day. If you're here and you haven't come into a covenant relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to. Because until you come into that covenant relationship with Him, your situation will never change. It's never going to get better because you're not connected to the one who can change you. The woman with the issue of blood knew who she had to turn to. She tried everything else and it didn't work. She tried all these other physicians, spent all she had and still didn't get better. She got worse. All of these other things you've been trying ain't working for you. It's not changing your situation. In fact, you're getting worse. Why not come to Jesus and allow Him to change your life and make it better? Hallelujah.